This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore High School sports. From a Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with The Record North Shore founding member Joe Coughlin, as we've got um, a four-quarter format uh, podcast for you guys uh, this week, and uh, got some news that we didn't expect to talk about. We'll, we said we were kind of done with football last week, but we're not done, obviously. Um, we'll talk about uh, Loyola coach John Holosek announcing his um, retirement after 17 years at Loyola, so we'll talk about that in the first quarter, and we will also hear from him in the second quarter. Um, in the third quarter, we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game with some of the winter sports. And in the fourth quarter, um, we'll just talk about some random things uh, going on in the winter season, kind of focus more in on some stuff than we have been able to in the past, uh, um, kind of get more into it as we are a few weeks now into the winter seasons. But uh, just a quick reminder, that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out. Give us a nice little review as well. We always appreciate uh, the kind words. Um, all right, so let's start things off here, Joe. In the first quarter, we did not um, expect this news to kind of come out. Loyola wins uh, state uh, class A state title um, in Champaign a couple weeks ago. And then on uh, Monday night, Tuesday morning, you see that uh, Loyola head coach John Halasek, um announced that he's retiring from high school football um, after 17 years with Loyola. Um, three state championships for more uh, championship games, uh, nine conference championships during the time, and really just transformed Loyola football. And um, really, really uh, surprising news, um, just that when that kind of came out. Yeah, um, it was surprising, especially, you know, John, I guess, you know, from, from what we heard, and I think that's confirmed now, kind of a, announced it to the program at their banquet and, um you know, I actually just talked to him not long before we're recording this on the phone. So he, I think he's doing his press rounds today um, after a day off. I think, uh, you know, he said he kind of knew most of the year um, that this was it, um, being that is, is you know, he's, he's kind of always said and hinted that he wants to stay through his son's tenures at Loyal Academy. Three sons who went through there, his youngest is now a senior. Um, so I guess in that respect, um, it was a little not a shock that being said those that storyline had kind of been buried and hadn't come up again you know while Loyola was making this um special season and special run to a state title um but i you know i think he and, and the athletics department knew this this was it whether he won the title or not um so i'm surprised it didn't leak at all but um it's definitely a surprise to the media members and I think the general public that such a successful coach really at the height of a program would step down. Um, and of course, you know, um, I think he's just been a great ambassador for Loyola and um, the sport of high school football. Um, so in that respect, it's it's kind of sad news. Um, but of course, he's moving on at, at a relatively young point in his career. He's 50 years old. Um, so he, he wants to, you know, move on to the next step. So in that in that respect, it's it's a great thing, you know, more power to him. So, but for me, for sure, and I think for you and a lot of us, it came as a shock. What, um, just with what he's been able to accomplish with everything and all that kind of stuff, I mean, how big is this for Loyola? Just obviously Loyola's winning his coach, um, probably for the longest serving coach as well um, in program history. Just 
what he was able to kind of transform. Obviously, Loyola had won a state championship, but I feel like um, Loyola really hit a different level under Holosek, um during his uh, time there, especially right from the beginning. I mean, the team never missed the playoffs. They only didn't get out of the first round one time his first year. Um, and they were just constantly either semifinal or quarterfinal appearances at the least every single year. So um, he really changed the bar of what it meant, what Loyola football really meant, and um, really changed expectations for the program. Yeah, I mean, it went from a very good program to an elite, maybe, you know, the mountaintop of high school programs in Illinois and maybe maybe in the Midwest and kind of a um, a lighthouse, you know, um, what a lot of other programs can aspire to, um, can strive toward. So, uh, I mean, I, I don't think what he did at this program can be understated. Um, I, I actually, I don't think it can be overstated. I should say he, he every, he, he deserves every superlative and so does his staff and what they're able to do. Um, it's, it's really, I mean, he, some other numbers we know, 185 wins, you know, um, nine league titles, seven championship games, three titles. He, he coached 70 playoff games in, in 17 years. Every year they had a run, a playoff run. Um, that's an average of like four, three and a half per season. So he was coaching well into the playoffs every single year. Um, and we know his remarkable run of like, you know, uh, what was it, like seven straight semis at least or something like that. Anyway, it's it's just uh, it, he turned Loyola into just an absolute juggernaut and the envy of every um, program, you know, public or private in, in the state. So um, he deserves all the accolades. Um, he gives a lot of credit, of course, down the line for the great community at Loyola Academy and um, from the kids to the parents to his coaching staff and, and administrators there at the school. Um, but uh, it's, you're covering Loyola is really just like, okay, Yohan, let's see if they win a state title. Um, they're going to pack eight, nine wins into a season. What do you think the best moment of his time at Loyola probably was? I mean, it's hard not to say any of the three championships, but um, just with what this team was able to accomplish each year. And obviously there were some teams that lost, but, you know, obviously maybe were better than some of the championship teams just based on how the draw was and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, just mm-hmm. what what do you feel like kind of was like one of the best moments um, during the Holosec era at Loyola? I think probably it was probably 15 because that was the his first championship and they went undefeated. Um and um oh, I, I wanna say it was really um a juggernaut win. They survived a playoff game, but did they what was the championship game that year, Mike? Do you remember? Palatine. Palatine was the championship game? Yeah, was it not? I thought it was the semis and then they rolled over Marist maybe in the championship game. Anyway, uh, I you know, 15 was just kind of getting over that hill of winning a state title. They were kind of favorites before uh, a kind of unbelievable game in, in the pouring rain against Bolingbrook. And I think uh, 11 um, was something special. That was a really great team. Um, but 15, they, they got the state title. They brought it home and, and you know, it, it went from there. They won one a couple of years later. They they went to a few championship games right in straight in a row. I think they went like two two one, um, and then uh, won again in eighteen. So, um, I'd say fifteen is probably his marquee year because it was really that first year that they got the title. They went undefeated. It was the perfect season. It was kind of 
everything all in one. Yeah, and that in 15, they beat Palatine 24 to 22 in the championship game and then beat Homewood Flossmoor 34 to 28 um, in the semifinals or in the quarterfinals there. Oh, I see what I'm doing wrong here now. Uh, no, they beat Palatine in the semifinals and then beat Maris 41 to nothing for the uh, championship in uh, 2015. Yeah. yeah, that was it. They just rolled over Maris after after a tough run. Uh, they, had a, they had that game against Palatine, but. Um, Pretty cool stuff. That, that was a big year. I think that was probably it. And But to go out also on this note, this was a special team this year too. So I guess a lot of the questions for everybody is now what's next? I mean, obviously we saw in the press release from uh, Loyola that um, they're going to form a search committee based on talking with Genevieve uh, Adwick, the AD at Loyola. She said, um, hoping to, you know, get make start making decisions in January, have a decision by February 1st at the latest. So I mean, just what do you kind of feel like is next and how do you kind of keep this going where um, obviously you might not have Holosec there anymore, but how do you kind of keep that momentum that he built there throughout, you know, with the next coaching, uh, head coaching hire and the coaching staff if he decides to uh, keep the coaching staff? Right. Um, I think it's in a really good place. And I think that one from a from an outside media observer um, just – kind of watching just the steadiness and consistency and um, I guess, uh, you know, discipline of that program. I think it's just really in a great place and that thoughts for me, but also that's what the AD thinks, um, uh, Genevieve Atwood. Um, that's what she told me. And that's what Halsic said too, um, at, you know, talking with him moments ago, he said he may not have left a few years ago when there was some changes going on and, in the administration at the school. Um, but now he feels it's in a great place and the, the, the football team and the athletic department is being supported um, all around. They have great facilities that are actually on the way up even further. Um, and uh, the coaching staff has been there for a long time. Most of them, at least some of the, some of the um, primary guys. Um, so I think he just thinks it's in a great place and he's not too worried about stepping away and stepping off and, uh, He's not worried about success. He said that directly. So what's next for John? I mean, obviously you got a chance to talk to him. What did he say was next for him and what he wants to accomplish? I'm sure much to John's chagrin, I asked him eight ways from Sunday what he was doing next. I really tried to get him to, to leak any information or just give a hint at what he wants to do or maybe if he's got an interview. But he, he really was was pretty convincing in saying that, he doesn't know, and he's he's not he's completely okay with that. That um, it was the right time to step away, and now his options are open, and he's okay with that. He's open to other things, whether it's from volunt and these are his, his words. Really, I'm paraphrasing, but he said from volunteering um, with a program with with anything you know um, related to football to golfing all the time uh, um, and enjoying that part of his life, or. You know, even he said a college program or a college position he is open to. So we'll see if those calls come in. He says he has no interview set up. He has yet to get a call to like um, kick the tires around his um, around that. I find that interesting because there's an open defensive coordinator position at Northwestern where, you know, um, he just coached Pat Fitzgerald, the head coach's son. Um, and he's going to coach. Well, he's not going to coach. His other son's in the program, Fitzgerald's. So that's an interesting spot, but he, you know, no mention of that. He said he has no interviews, no direct ties to a position, to a school. Um, I know both um, you and I as, as Illinois alum would love to see him in the orange and blue again. Um, but uh, um, <clears throat> we'll see. We'll see where that goes. I'd be 
uh, strictly opining here, but I would, I would, it's, you'd have to convince me that he wouldn't get a lot, a few looks at the college level, starting with a coordinator or a, uh, or a position coach linebackers would be the obvious one. So I, I would think he'd at least draw interest there and, um, get some conversations going, but he said nothing yet. And he's, he seemed pretty okay with that. All right. Well, obviously I'm sure they're joking around with uh, Genevieve. I would just talked about when does the statue go up for uh Halisic. I'm sure something will be uh, in the work soon, but uh, congratulations to John, obviously on a big career with Loyola and good luck to him wherever he goes, obviously built a, um, a strong program at Loyola and obviously a program that was a perennial contender every single year. And, um, obviously made an impact on a lot of lives in Loyola community. All right, we're going to keep on uh, focusing on this in the second quarter and hear from John. I know, uh, Joe, you got a chance to catch up with him. So what are the folks at home going to hear? Yeah, just kind of during that conversation with uh, uh, telling you, uh, you're going to hear a lot of that, just um, his thoughts about um, stepping down, some of the feelings he has around that, as well as what next, uh, what he wants to do, what he has plans to do, which – as I mentioned, are nothing as of now, but he's open. Um, and, um, you know, some of his proudest moments are what he's most proud of for that Loyola Academy program. All right, let's take a listen. What, what prompted the change? Why did you want, uh, or why did you step down? Um, you know, I, I think, like most people, you know, all chapters have to end. And I saw my one, two, and three-year-old all grow up around the school and now graduate from the school. Um, you know, there's, it, it's hard work, it's, it's demanding work, it's rewarding work, um, but at some point you, you want to change. Now, knowing that um, I think your youngest son is a senior this year, did you kind of have the feeling that this was the year? When did you know? Well, Genevieve, Genevieve and I talked um, last year and throughout the year this year. Um, I thought this would be a good year. Um, for a long time, someone just sent me a text and said, uh, the screen recorded their conversation in, in 2014, said, I'll be here until 2023 since I'm a fourth grader, <laughs> you know, <laughs> so there's, it, it's always been in the back of my mind, um, but, uh, you know, certain things accelerate those and, uh, just looking forward to the next chapter. Um. Would it have been a difference if you guys if if you guys didn't win a state title? No, no, no. I told I we, we told them I, this was confirmed in I, I think October. So oh, you guys. I, I I told I told uh, the boss a long time ago. You all did a pretty good job of keeping it under wraps. Then um, you know they a lot of talk about you know re- excited for the next move, ready for the next move. Any anything you can give us on that and, and what that might be, what you hope to do? No, I don't. I, I, I honestly don't. There's no. There's nothing planned. I'm, uh, you know, obviously I'm not anything. Um, but if it's just um, volunteering somewhere, or you know, thankfully I'm in a position where you know it's not the dire need um, of, a, of of a job. So. Um, you know, I have some freedom to to be choosy. I mean, and, but are you open? It kind of sounds like to 
an opportunity at the college level or or another level? I'm open to anything. Okay. I'm, I've really walked into this thing and like I I never ever I'm not one of those people that prepares resumes. I don't have a resume. I don't have anything. I don't put things out. I never try to move. This is where I was perfectly located for a long time. Uh, I never pursued anything. I'm not that person. I'm 100% in when I'm in. So when you're 100% into something and perfectionist type, uh, that's when you, know, you have you have a tendency to do everything you can and you know use a lot of energy. So it's, it's you know, I think it's just a, a nice um, time for me to. Uh, to have a break from that, but uh, I've never ever looked or pushed for a job. Never had a you know a resume on anyone's desk. Yeah. Don't even have one resume. <laughs> um, obviously, you've seen all the numbers. You know all the numbers about the program under your tenure. All that best you can. What are what was the key? What are some of the keys to the success uh, while you led Loyal Academy? <sighs> Great people, and that's coaches, parents. Uh, students, I mean, there's, there's um, the amount of unbelievably great kids that uh, that we've had. Um, you know, maybe not the, the most athletic school, but certainly a great combination of, of intelligence and athletic and determination. And, and, and the teamwork has been great. Leaving Loyola is, I don't think I would have left a few years ago because the unknown status of the leadership, but now we have a great president. Uh, I, I'm sure we're going to have a great principal next year that, um, you know, I think the, the athletic facilities are, are, are going to be built up. Even, I mean, I think the next three years is going to be super exciting here. Um, lights will be here, I'm sure, at some point. Um, so every everything around here, uh, you know, felt good about it. It's, it's prepared now to succeed athletically. Um, and football-wise, so I think those people that are around here are going to take care of this um, situation, and I think that's why it, you know it's, it's it's a place where you can win. After 17 years and, and all that success, and all the kids, and all the coaching staff, you stepping away, what are some of the emotions that you're dealing with right now? Well, you always feel a bit lost uh, where your direction is. Um, I had a you know, similar feeling when I was 30 when I left the NFL. Um, you know, your identities is what you do, I mean, how you spend your time and, and what you accomplish during the day. So, um, you know, until there's something there, um, and I, you know, obviously you have to de decompress some, but there's always going to be some uh, conflict of you know, your, your meaning um, in this world. So, uh, you know, there's, there's mixed emotions there, but I, I'm really confident in, um, you know, my assistant coaches here making this, you know, a continuing legacy of success and uh, um, looking forward to the, what they do. But, um, but yeah, you know, uncertainty is never, um, I should say not great because I, I needed it. I needed the break. I think I needed a break, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that, you, know, you have a mixed emotions about and leaving all the all the great people that you work with. Yeah. Anything um, that sticks out to you? Obviously, a lot of accomplishments we talked about that you're most proud of. 
I think development of these kids and um, and the, the sportsmanship I think we we showed. Um, you know, I, I think that's the lost art in this world. Uh, you know, parents are getting, um, you know, more involved um, to the detriment of their kids. I think kids are, uh, you know, and I'm not saying like certain, I'm not pointing fingers, but I think that our, our society is, is really a me, a me centered, a, a self, you know, show, show me type of uh, yeah. instant gratification and, and I think our our players play with great teamwork and selflessness and I think our sportsmanship amongst you know others was something I, you know, I'm proud of I, I think our kids got that message when I said be humble and be grateful and just get better every day and be humble because when you're humble you understand you have to you have to earn it you, have to deserve, you, you know nothing's given you have to earn it and that's because you have to put that work in and, and I think you know making kids successful in football gives them a great direction in life um, turned every you know every stone over to, to you know, find every possible way we can get better weight room wise nutritionally wise um, film wise practice time and, and we did it safe I thought you know one of the few teams I bet that, that never goes to the ground ever. Not one time this season in practice we've actually did live anything. When you go on the ground, so I think it's we, we played it safe. Um, and I mean, we're, we're, our safety I think was paramount uh, for our kids, and I, I think you know doing things the right way and, and the selfless characterization of, of our team. You know that's what I really loved. The, the, we have great kids that work hard, and they're going to try to beat you on the field. But right, right after it's done, and uh, you know, show show great um, composure on the field. Oh, that's great. Um, and just to clarify, I think you know you you alluded to it or said it earlier that since the news came out, you've gotten calls from interested parties at the college level or, or elsewhere. No, I've got lots of. Oh, I thought you said okay. So nothing from uh, no interviews set up. There are no interviews set up. Okay, I've asked eight times, but I just had to make sure. So, so pardon that for a second, but that's all I had. Anything you else you wanted to add about this decision or uh, the program? No, but I do. I would really like. I'd be feel bad about it if you don't. Say, if if the stories don't really explain that I'm leaving and this place is set up for, you know, great accomplishments in the future too. Great assistant coaches that are staying and great facilities and great management at this time. You know, the new president, and I'm sure the new principal is going to be fantastic, especially since I'm on the principal search committee. Okay. And what, what kind of, um, are you going to be on the selection committee for the new coach? No, I mean obviously I I'll have if they ask me my advice uh, I'll be there. But no, that, that that's I will not. Okay. Thank you as always to all the coaches and players who join us every single week. Always good to get that insight, especially from the man himself, just to hear what uh, John had to say about uh, you know just with everything and decisions and everything uh, moving forward. 
All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play our weekly game of way or no way. I throw out five propositions and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether those things uh, can happen. All right, let's start things off here with the first way or no way, Joe. Um, Nutria Boys basketball takes on GBS on Friday. Obviously, the last few years, that's been a big matchup. Um, way or no way that this matchup will have major implications on how the Trevian season go? Yes, I'll say way. I think this weekend does. If I'm not wrong, they play in a shootout on Saturday. And so they go GBS and then they come back Saturday early evening and play Rolling Meadows, um, who's a top 10 team in the state. Um, I think Nutria is a top 10, top 15 team in the state, which is they're ranked a little above that right now. But I think they'll get there. Um, I do think they're better than GBS, but GBS is still good, even though they lost those two superstars. Still a quality program. Evanston's good. Um, talking just within program uh, within the conference, GBN's good. Um, um, I feel like I'm missing somebody, but anyway, um, it's a very good conference, and I don't know who's going to step up, but I think uh, Nutria has every shot in the world to do so as long as they stay healthy. Um, so this will does have implications on um, how the conference goes and how their season goes. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you. I think that uh, definitely a, a way there. I think. Uh, you you know, just this matchup always has major implications. And I feel like with the way that these two teams are kind of um, maybe regrouping isn't the right word, but they're just retooling. You're just trying to figure out who they are this year and trying to, and I feel like doing that against each other um, is really important. And obviously that has major implications on the CSL South and um, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think this game definitely has a big uh, implications. I don't know if you can, you know, say whether they win that, uh, Nutria is going to win state or whether they lose they're going to lose all the rest of their games you can't really go that dramatic but um, I do think that this really says a lot about what, how the team was going to compete so um, yeah definitely has major uh, implications for this season alright Joe we've seen Loyola boys basketball play for a couple weeks here now um, and based on what else you've seen from the CCL with some of those teams uh, way or no way that you think that Loyola can compete in a tough CCL I think they can compete, yes. I don't think they're the favorites, and I think they'd have to have some things fall their way, uh, which happens in a basketball season. Um, I keep, I always keep going to St. Rita, but they're not in the same uh, division, right? No, I think they are, aren't they? I don't know. I get mixed up. Um, um, but they're not for football because that's Marist and – Whatever. Anyway, St. Rita's really good. Mount Carmel's really good, but I think they play with those teams. They might not be up to the St. Rita, but I think they're 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 right with Mount Carmel. This is a good team um, that can really lay the clamps on you. Um, and I think uh, some people are for surprise in in the CCL. Not, I don't know if it's a surprise. No one likes to play Loyal every year, um, no matter if they're mediocre or really good. So, um, but this this team's good and. Uh, I think they're going to surprise some folks. I think they'll compete, but I don't think they, they're going to win it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that they can compete. I don't, I don't think they'll win. I think St. Rito's at three and three right now, but their losses are to Joliet West and um, a St. Louis Cardinal Rittner team and then losing to Simeon. So um, 
fairly good losses for San Rita if you're looking for good losses, even though I think San Rita was expected to compete more. Um, but you've got other top teams in that conference. And I think Loyola will be able to compete. I think Loyola's style always kind of throws something at opponents where they're just kind of like, oh, I wasn't ready to play. Well, they're ready to play it, but just like playing Loyola's style of defense and how they kind of, you know, move the ball around on offense for two minutes and then they start, you know, moving and that kind of stuff. I think all that impacts players and teams. So, uh, yeah, I think way um, they can compete just because that Tom Levitino style has really um, impacted teams throughout the years. And um, I think you've kind of seen that. So I think that'll really help them compete against some of the best in the league. All right, new cheer girls uh, basketball lost to Maine South and GBN in back-to-back games. Way or no way, Joe, you're concerned about the Trevians after those back-to-back losses. Yes, yes, I am. But, you know, I almost – I don't want to say I expected it um, because it is a very good league um, this year, much improved, and um, especially with the way GBS and GBN are playing. Um, but I thought Nutria would be with them. Then they had that huge injury, injury to Seal Klein, and I haven't seen her in the box score. Um, so I don't think she's been playing and um, with a wrist injury. And that's a tough one. That's a big one. They're, you know, I think a lot of what they did relied on having three options to uh, play make on the offensive end of the ball. And they're good defensively, um, but that's also with with three kind of lanky and talented uh, two-way players in Rachel Zachs, uh, KJ Sicaro, and um, Cedar Klein, who's now injured. So, I think that might be playing a factor. I haven't seen them since that game against Loyola, um, but uh, I'm sure we'll win them soon. They got the Grow the Game tournament coming up, but that is a shame. Um, and I do think it's – I'm a bit worried about um, this season. Yeah, I think not to keep harp- agreeing with you, but I do think that – I mean, you have to be concerned, especially with those two losses. Um, obviously, both teams are good, but I think you kind of wanted to see more from Nutrier this season, and we still haven't seen it. Obviously, we're only a few weeks in, so um, can't really make any huge implications. But already in the conference and in the division, you already are behind the eight ball, like losing those two key matchups that, against teams you'll probably be competing against for a division title. So, um, yeah, way I'm concerned. I think that this things need to kind of figure things out. Obviously, maybe people might need to get healthy in order for that to happen, but um, you need to see some things change before um, you can feel good about what a new chair is putting together out there. All right, uh, Loyola girls basketball lost to Mother Macaulay, uh, giving them the Ramblers' first loss of the season. Way or no way, Joe, that the loss to Mother Macaulay sinks uh, conference goals already this early in the season? Uh, no, I don't think it sinks in no way. I think they're a good team. Um, I think Mother Macaulay is too, and I think this is just a stumble. I don't... Given the youth on Loyola um, this year, um, like I said, I don't even know. I don't even know if they have a senior on the dang roster. Um, um, but a lot of talent, you know, you're going to stumble. And, you know, at, at times I think youth struggles with adversity and adversity and comebacks, um, things like that. And you got to learn how to play through it. And I think they will. I think they have the talent too, but. I think this isn't a team that's going to go 33 and, and two. Uh, I think they'll have a handful of losses and maybe that's it and, and they can come back. But uh, if they put things together, but I do think it is a team that can come together. So I'll say no way. Yeah, I don't think it's, I think it's not great. I think I would agree with that. But I do think that, you know, sinking what they want to accomplish is kind of, that's a little dramatic. I think there's still a lot of stuff that they can accomplish and go forward. So um, I'll go with no way there. I think Loyola obviously can still compete. Um, and obviously someone can trip up Mother Macaulay moving forward as well. 
All right, final question. We deal with uh, wrestling here. Joe, we got some strong performances, some um, champions, some uh, tournament wins for uh, Loyola's wrestling team. Um, way or no way, you're encouraged by what you've seen so far from the Ramblers um, in some invites and tournaments that they've competed in so far? Yeah, so far, again, wrestling's one where um, I really want to see it for myself and see where they're at. But we know, we knew and know that um, Loyola has guys coming back uh, on that roster who are going to win matches and put that together um, and they're going to win meets. So, and I, and I think the success that they're building um, under Coach Collin is going to get more participation in the program, which only gets more talent in the program. You fill out the lineup, you get some depth. Uh, you win more meets that way, especially dual meets. So um, I think it's working the way that uh, um, that coaching staff kind of wants, wanted it to. And uh, they got a lot of talent there. So um, it's, it's been impressive. Yeah, I think I'd agree with you there. I think we saw some good stuff at the Barrington tournament. We got a second place uh, finished by Mason, uh, uh, Macy Adioti, and you got some uh, and uh, Kay uh, Calcutt was also able to get second place. So you got some good performances, um, especially in a really strong tournament like uh, Barrington. So um, you got to be encouraged by what you've seen so far from the Ramblers and what they've been able to do. And obviously in wrestling, it's different. Um, you're kind of building your way up and trying to get ready for the postseason, maybe conference, and um, obviously the postseason moving forward. So, um, yeah, I think I'm encouraged by what we've seen from uh, Loyola Wrestling so far, and I think a lot of good things are coming their way um moving forward all right let's head on over now to the fourth quarter where we talk about some odds and ends um we hit on a lot of different sports show um in the third quarter is there something that you want to talk about that maybe uh you wanted to expand upon a little bit whether that be you know new cheer gbs playing against each other this weekend or um more wrestling or anything like that um yeah, the Nutri basketball, like I said, it's a big weekend for them, and we just talked about it a lot. Um, excuse me, about uh, GBS, a conference game on Friday night. And yeah, it's before the new year, so this is still kind of the first half. This is the first half of the conference slate. Um, so there, there's opportunities to rebound from a loss, but I think um, a win sets them up in a good spot. Um, and then rolling medals back to back, you know, these are. They got a similar schedule last year where they're playing in some shootouts and playing in some fun um, tournaments, you know, Pontiac's coming up for them. Um, and it'll be a really good measuring stick from where they had, you know, for where they are. They passed a lot of these tests last year. And we know last year they were, one, you know, a top five team in the state. Now we're talking a uh, kind of a revamped lineup with just one returner, but still a lot of talent. Where are they? Are, are they still a top 10 or are they more toward the back end of the, of the 20 top 25 and I'm for the top 25. Everyone does as, as the Chicago sometimes and, and Mike O'Brien's coverage. So um, I, I tend to think they're probably closer to the top 10. I, I like this team. Um, I think they can beat rolling meadows. We know what they bring um, with Christie and their, their big guy in the middle um, is also a returning starter. So uh, it's a good team. So I'm going to have fun. I'm going to be out there and check that one out. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, what other what other things were you looking at um, coming up? Uh, sticking with the, well, sticking with the new chair boys before we move on, just what do you what is a, a good expectation for what they can do this weekend? You got GBS and Rolling Meadows. I mean, obviously, everyone would say that winning both games and you're pretty you're you know, sitting pretty well. What are, what are good expectations for what we can expect? Again, these two matchups where, um, you know, you really can learn a lot about yourself playing, playing GBS and playing rolling medals back to back. 
Yeah, I really think it's that they come out and compete. Like, because I don't, there's nothing that's going to be easy about a conference game early in the season on Friday night. So it's going to be a draining game. You know, I'm sure they're going to go all out, you know, especially after the rivalry uh, with GBS built last year so much. Even though some of those guys aren't back, some of them are. So they feel that. And, uh, you know, Nutrier wants to take care of them since they ousted Nutrier from, from a special run last season. Um, so I think that's going to be a draining game in a lot of ways. Can they come back up on Saturday against the big opponent and compete all the way, you know, um, till the end? I, I had to do quick math on how many minutes are in a basketball game. 48 minutes. Um, can they do it the whole time? Um, I think that's uh, that's important. Um, um, is high school basketball 48 minutes? Yeah, it's 12, 12, 12, right? Yeah, I don't know. Is that or is that NBA? Are we talking NBA? Anyway, the whole game. Can they compete the whole game wire to wire, finish a game? Even if they lose by a couple buckets here, a couple points, we know Rolling Meadows is a top team. I mean, they've proven it. They got the pedigree. They got the returners. Um, they're not really going anywhere all season. They're that good. Um, but is Nutrier up there? I think showing that they can be right with them the whole time, even if they take a loss. Um, isn't the worst thing in the world, but w will they hang with them? All right, what are some other thoughts you got going around? Um, Sunday night is uh, the, the Blackhawks um, rivalry week. I think they're doing a rivalry week, or maybe they're doing a rivalry series. And Nutrier and Loyola are up on Sunday evening, and that game is always fun. We love it. Obviously, two of the premier hockey programs in the state will have gold versus maroon. Uh, not gold versus maroon, I'm sorry, uh, Nutria Green um, versus Loyola Gold um, on the ice. I think they're at Heartland. Um, so it'll be, you know, especially with that added, uh, you know, Blackhawks element to it. So it's a more formal, more official. You get a little more um, energy in the room. Um, should be pretty fun um, hockey on Sunday night. So um, we're going to cover that as well. So stay tuned for that. But that should be great. Great stuff. We're early in the season. We talk about each year how the hockey goes, the hockey, do that hockey, goes from, um, what, like early October through March. Um, yeah. So we got some time here, but it's still nothing's going to take away from the, the intensity of this one. Um, the results may not completely matter um, in the grand scheme of things, but on the ice, it's going to be a lot of fun Sunday night. What do you, uh, but the girls basketball with what we talked about for Loyola and Nutrier, I mean, for Nutrier, I mean, just we got to figure things out and figure out whether, um, how they're playing and that kind of stuff and who's playing for them. But, um, yeah, I feel like we really need to see some, you know, progress here pretty soon. If you were encouraged by, um, or if you want to get back to the level, I think that they've been able to compete the last few years before last year. I mean, four and four right now, they've got losses to, uh, Stevenson, um, Loyola, uh, Maine South and GBN. So like no, none of those losses are terrible or bad or anything like that. But I mean, you got GBS on Friday, you got Hersey on Saturday. Um, you got Elk Grove and Lake Tech coming up in the Evanston, um, coming up in a couple weeks as well, where you've got a really, a really good schedule in, in, in place where you've got to figure things out quickly, um, where you could be behind, uh, you can really fall behind quickly here. Yeah, you could. And uh, they're at risk of doing that because their their schedule and their um, opponents are so strong. Um, but I do think that they have they have some horses here. They got a, They got some talent on this team to do that. Um, but they got to put it together in the wake of an injury, and that that can be tough to do. Um, but I mean, they're coming off a year where they were you know sub five hundred by a few games, like and that's very. Um, 
uncommon for for a new Trier girls basketball team. So they're they're rebuilding here. They're trying to build this program back up, and um, they're fighting through it right now. And it's going to show a lot. Of the, I mean, you said it. It's going to show a lot uh, about who they are in the next few games here. Loyola plays. Loyola girls play. Uh, Montini tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday the seventh. Um, and then have a, a, a trip against Evanston as well on the 16th. So uh, after falling to Macaulay 44 to 37, maybe um, that loss was a good example. And then you can see see how uh, um, how does Ramblers team regroups against a tough Montini team and a tough Evanston team. Yeah, I think um, Montini had I think one bad year the year they switched coaches, and I, I think last year was good for them, right? So I think they're back in kind of right. that really strong category that they're used to, um, the Broncos are. And um, so they, they got their work cut off from Loyola does. Um, I think I caught them play each other. Oh, no, I, I caught them play at Montini, and they, lo- they lost to Whitney Young last year, um, Loyola did. So um, this should be a good one. Um, you know, they, they'll, they'll, all these teams are doing their holiday stuff too um, pretty soon. Um, so it'll, it'll tell us a lot. But those, those are two big games. We'll see where Loyola is if they are a – same thing, similar to Trier. Are they a top 10, top 12 team, or are they closer to the back end of the top 25? All right. Anything else you want to talk about before we say goodbye? Man, that's it. We still got to catch up to, uh, you know, sorry so far to uh, boys swimming. Um, I know they just got underway. And girls gymnastics, we'll catch up with you guys soon. Bowling as well. We had, um, we've had some cool turnouts. We had a, a 300 game um, for um, new Trier boys. Um, I think they may have had two already. But anyway, um, we'll catch up with all those teams as we go along. All right. Well, that's everything that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, Just a quick reminder, you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you check us out, subscribe, and make sure you write a nice little review. Um, That always helps us reach out to other people as well who are interested in North Shore High School sports here in Illinois. Um, Just a quick reminder also as well. Uh, that you can follow my work at FridayNightDrive.com. Uh, We've got a lot of good content coming up now with uh, the IHSA announcing its new lo- football location. We'll have all uh, coverage and reaction about that, so make sure you follow us there. And I've got some uh, CCLESCC notebooks and recruiting notebooks as well. As signing day is a couple weeks away, so um, we've got some movement among CCLESCC uh, players uh, the last couple of weeks. So uh, some fun stuff to talk about and look at with uh, what's happening here in the next couple of weeks. And as always, follow Joe's work at the record not only for um, his great sports coverage, but also um, news and features and everything else that he does covering the North Shore area. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity uh, product of the record, northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.